Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Max Olson of The Athletic. Boots on the ground in Boulder, Colorado today. And Max, uh, you are uh, surprised. Like, I don't know if it's right, not surprisingly enough in the center of the college football world now because uh, Deion Sanders was already, you know, getting a ton of attention there. And now he's come off of the win the, the first week. They're playing an old rival in Nebraska, a, a rivalry you know a ton about. But – uh, is this vibe around Boulder and the the, the buildup for this game even bigger than you could have possibly imagined given that win last week? Yeah, totally. I, and I think, uh, you know, it, it, when I was looking ahead to the week two schedule, there's just so many games I loved and kind of assumed I'd probably be like at Alabama, Texas or something like that. Um, uh, and, and But here we are. You know, I mean, this is a game that, you know, you certainly could have circled just because of some like that it's year one for both these staff it's, it's kind of to me feels like kind of weirdly a muscle-in game in in some ways maybe morally or whatever early on here but what what Colorado did in Fort Worth um completely raised the stakes I mean we, we never would have guessed that the Buffs would be sitting in the top 25 now and and uh, a team that people are have totally flipped consensus on now to be taken like very seriously so um, I can't wait to see what this first home game for Coach Prime looks like, the turnout, the energy of it tomorrow morning. Um, obviously, a little bit of an early kick here, 10 a.m. kick here. But, um, man, that game is uh, going to get a lot of eyeballs. And I think that's just kind of the that, that's kind of the phenomenon of, of Deion Sanders, too. I think there's just going to be way more people tuning into this one. Very curious to see if Colorado can repeat it. You know, Max, when you looked at the schedule a few months ago, I thought, I mean, this is going to be probably a good game for Matt Rule and Deion Sanders is like measuring stick to see where they are and, you know, what, uh, you know, where their, you know, where their deficiencies were, especially when you're talking about two teams, you know, Matt Rule's got a team full of transfers. Deion's team is, is almost a hundred percent transfers. And you have all that going on. And then last week happens. Nebraska looked good on defense when they're playing Minnesota. Uh, this Colorado offense is electric. So now you've got kind of two uh, styles clashing here. Do you think that they can put up 45 again? Or do you think that Nebraska, in whatever skill they have on defense, will be able to contain that a little bit better? Yeah, you know, that's the thing about Colorado is, like, it, it was easy to, like, on paper question offensive, defensive line and just kind of, like, these these positions that they totally remade in the portal, like, would, would ultimately the talent and depth be good enough? But it was very – I mean, it was very obvious um, that Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, and, um, you know, Dylan Edwards, like, that, they brought some legit playmakers in there. And, and to, to see them be that prolific that quickly was surprising, but – I mean, you knew those guys would be good, and I think that's where Nebraska's kind of lacking in this matchup is you just don't feel like there's a lot of, of game-changing dudes on offense for them. But, you know, I think style-wise, they need to play a different kind of game. I think that 
um, you know, that they need to be able to run the ball and extend drives and limit how many possessions Colorado gets in that, that first half and, and kind of try to set the game flow there a little bit. And that's why I, I do think it'll be a little bit of – if Nebraska can kind of play good defense and, and get some stops, I think it will be a little bit of a lower-scoring game. I still think Colorado's going to win, but, um, you know, I think Nebraska is, is tough enough to – maybe throw some different things to Colorado than TCU was able to. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's certainly a lot is going to be put on Jeff Sims pass game and run game to, to really be super productive and, uh, you know, and give Nebraska a chance to keep up. All right. One of the other big stories this week was Clemson and their loss to Duke, which, you know, Duke was, was in control pretty much the entire second half. Dabo Sweeney's mm-hmm. not concerned uh, Max about everything, and he's kind of gone into the ultimate coach speak uh, robot uh, after that loss. Is I mean, it would be premature to call it the end, but he is ready to die on the hill of the transfer portal is bad and NIL is bad, and even the other coaches who believe the exact same things he he does have just accepted the the new order of things. Will this undo him if he doesn't back off? I mean, it, it, it's a that's a good way to ask it. I think you know. Usually, I think we've seen the last few years, Davos Sweeney, when it comes to his press conferences and his post games, he's usually going to stick to whatever message he thinks his team needs to hear, and and not really care how the media takes it. Um, and probably right now, it's trying to hold things together and and inspire a little confidence because this team has to get a lot better really quickly. You know, before they they see Florida State in a few weeks here. I think that. Um, you're right. Like there's definitely lots of coaches in the business who slap Davos Winnie on the back and say, this guy gets it. This guy is saying all the right stuff in this really volatile time. Um, but at the same time, you do have to, I think you do have to embrace things, embrace this a little bit. And I think you need to be pretty, pretty realistic about what are your roster needs. And you can't just always a, a believe or assume that a freshman or, or a backup um, can step up and replace a guy. And, and you're going to be just as good. I think we're seeing, that's the area where the transfer portal is helping a lot of programs just stay good or, or get a lot better quickly. And I think you you even look at Georgia. Look, Georgia was very proud of the fact that they didn't take any transfers for their 2022 team that, that won another national title. But going into 23, like, they took receivers from uh, Missouri and Mississippi State, not because they totally needed them. Like, they still had pass catchers coming back, but they, you know, they knew that receiver was a spot where they had to get a little bit better. And, uh, you know, even just to be safe, you went out and got some good ones. And I think that Clemson, that's the kind of stuff Clemson probably needs to be in, in that territory of Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, Texas, some of these schools that, that you know, kind of focus on quality and, and not quantity when it comes to transfers. I think Clemson would be very competitive in that market if, if Dabo Sweeney was open to it. I think they it's not a matter of players not wanting to go to Clemson. Um, I do think he needs to be more open-minded about it and uh, – if you want to stay stubborn and just take a back, take back of quarterbacks and, and really kind of stay out of all of that, um, I, I do think ultimately, like, you are probably going to fall behind. Alabama and Texas. Max, you said that you thought that might be the game you were going to this week, but uh, here you are in Boulder. Uh, but this could be Steve Sarkeesian's signature win, uh, which he mm-hmm. he hasn't had yet, which is fine. I mean, they like he's building the program, but is this Texas team the one that will get it for him and do it in Bryant Denny. I mean, this is like the Texas is back game, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're going to be saying if they pull it off um, on the road. Certainly, Nick Saban hasn't lost many games in his home state. He has to check that job. You know, I, I think the thing that gives you like a little bit of, 
I don't want to say confidence, but like a little bit of optimism on the, on the Texas side is like, I think this is a pretty well-established team at this point. Like really other than running back, I think you kind of know you've got some experienced players at like every position pretty much other than that. And you kind of know what their roles are. You kind of know what the upside is. Like, I think this team is going to roll in with more confidence for this game than, than they played with a year ago. And, and really they gave their absolute best against Bama in Austin a year ago. But I, I think the thing with Bama is there's a little bit more uncertainty with some of these spots, especially on the back end with some of the injuries they're doing this week. But certainly these more unproven guys might be, you know, a lot more talented than what Texas has got. And so I think there's a little bit of certainty on the Texas side you feel good about. Honestly, for me, what it comes down to is do you trust Twin years to get, get the job done in this game? Um, you know, and I think this is a, really a defining moment for him, not that it affects the Big 12 championship or anything like that. But, um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of really good things going on around him. He's the one that has to be composed and has to be accurate and has to make it through this game, obviously, has to play four quarters. And uh, he's got to be the guy that, that makes the difference. Because um, Texas is going to have trouble with Jalen Milrow. And um, I think Sam is going to get theirs. I think it's going to take a, a, a pretty – impressive performance by, by Quinn Ewers to pull this off. Max, uh, you guys went to uh, Ann Arbor for the next uh, edition episode of the official visit. You went to Zingerman's, a place since I saw that movie, The was it the five-year engagement with Jason Segel? Five-year engagement. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, yes. and he worked there. And ever since I've seen mm-hmm. that, I'm like, I've got to get to this deli. What did you have at Zingerman's? Um, we got, a, we got a, a little bit of um, everything. You know, we've got the Reuben, we got pastrami, we've got uh, latkes, we got, uh, I mean, it, it, we could have feasted there for, for, for days. Dude. Like, that's one of those places that if you lived in town, how would you not go there every week and, and just fill up on, on bread and meats there and, and sides were great. Like, it, it was it was a really impressive experience. That, that place could not have been um, more welcoming and hospitable for us in, in terms of filming our, our, our yeah, our, our official visit episode. So, yeah, that was. I would say that was probably the highlight of the trip for me, and I know that's like very well known. You go to Ann Arbor, you go to Zingerman's, but uh, uh, man, it lives up to the hype. All right, Max. Before I let you go, uh, you're either going to enable my ego to grow here, or you're going to be able to like keep me where I need to be to be a, a functional football fan. Is FSU for real? You know, Paul. When I filled out the, the you know, the SWA does like a, you know, they have. Um, writers do like a top 16 every week mm-hmm. um i put florida state at number two this week oh. and maybe that's like i don't think that's crazy just based on the accomplishment i think that lsu will still end up being a really good team um i just was i, I mean how could you not be impressed by what mike norvell has built there and, and how quickly he's gotten that thing flipped obviously it took a little bit of patience early on but i mean they've got they've got real dudes now they've got nfl players now um i, I and i you know you look at the schedule uh, and you know it better than I do, but I don't really see that like two, three game stretch on the schedule like they had a year ago where you drop a bunch of games and kind of fall out of this stuff. Like I think, I, you know, there's a couple games you circle as being challenging. Certainly Duke is one of them now, but man, I, I, I don't see a ton of losses on that schedule right now. I think I'm pretty optimistic that Florida State is going to win a lot of games. It, you know, hopefully they can stay healthy and keep playing at that level. But uh, but certainly, I think they are firmly in the playoff conversation one weekend, which is silly to say. But um, no, I, I I think that and that's not just an overreaction to how bad Clemson was. I, I think Florida State's for real.
Yeah, look, if they can finally shake that Clemson monkey off their back in a couple weeks, then I think it's I think it's full speed ahead. I really do. I think that they'll that that's going to maybe build some confidence in that team that wasn't there before. Uh, and, Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Max, enjoy Boulder. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. All right, right. There's Max Olson in Boulder. No, Garrett, he will not make a stop for you. Uh, we are going to see him for a while anyway. So, dang. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like. Think about Boulder and Deion Sanders. You put those two things together, like outside of like capital crimes, what's illegal in Colorado? Not much. Okay. You know? And so now you have, like, I, I cannot say this enough. And then my, I, I, I said it the other day on the triple option, which runs one to two every day uh, here. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere, but just doing, doing that, that little podcast um, for a little while. But I, I said it the other day, Deion Sanders in 2015, would not be a college head coach. No. Because the rules were not set up for Dion to be able to flourish. And they needed to move some things out of the way. And I don't even think the transfer portal is the one. I mean, that helps. But name, image, and likeness for Dion Sanders is a huge thing, right? Yes. And being able to promote athletes, promote himself, and, and, and all that. But... Being in Colorado, where you know, the vibe around that university is very chill anyway. It's a cool place to be, you know. Like, there's like, – you have pulled out all the guardrails completely for Dion. to, like, there's no hurdles for him. It is just full speed ahead. Other than just natural, there are other really good coaches out there too. But – when you were talking about a, a guy who can come in when you have to reinvent how you do this. And then you have someone like Dabo who refuses to reinvent how you do it. And then somebody who is not only willing to reinvent how you do it, but has probably always been for reinventing it. It is a perfect storm for it, Deion Sanders in college football. It is. And it also reminds me a little bit of, and I know other programs have done this, since but i get the vibe with what dion's building in colorado to what pete carroll had in usc where like you're just bringing in people or, or you got eyeballs from famous people who they might not even be true football fans or you know have played the game or something but they're they're automatically drawn to that because of dion and everything it brings like even the fact like the the uniforms right the other day I didn't even realize but the gold numbers like that's something they haven't done in a while and just little things like that that he's finding ways like Colorado gear all of a sudden is dope like it, it's amazing to look at and yeah it, it's just a unique environment there and it, it's an ideal situation I hope he gets it rolling in Boulder man it's a lot of fun like I don't remember college football having this much energy to like probably like the late 90s, mid-2000s, where it was just different. Like, this is nostalgia for me. Yeah, look, this is this is something else to, to see here. And, again, like, he it's it, he could not have done it. No. Remember, he got Des. Des kicked off of Oklahoma State for doing something now that that's legal, right? Yeah. And it is those things that happen. Like, Des, unfortunately, a sacrificial lamb – to the common sense of like, okay, if this guy's going to be a professional in less than six months, maybe he should, it's okay for him to sit down and talk to somebody. Pretty common sense. I mean, and yeah, maybe it's okay for him to, while he's already at Oklahoma State, he's not even being induced 
to go to Oklahoma State. He's about to leave there. Like, even if there was some kind of monetary deal, it's inducing him to do nothing. Yeah. You know? And... Also yeah. thought you brought a good a point the other day, like from a, like, as far as branding and stuff, how Dion can literally do things on a scale. Like I think you 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 nailed it perfectly with the Toyota reference, Look, where like yeah. that is stuff he can do that ninety five percent of people can't pull so, off. You know, I, I just know from you know when we used to work, you know, you get logs, yeah. and you know we knew the clients and everything. Like, there's local business, there's regional business, there's national business, right? Yep. And so when you get the logs, we'd get them from at the time it was uh, Lear, Lear, Learfield IMG, and so they sent us the logs, and you have some places that are clearly local here. You know, this local car dealership, like we have Alan Samuels, right? And and so Alan Samuels. But they're also, you know, they're Baylor sponsors also, but they have that. But that's that's regional. That's right here. That's local, regional, kind of here. And then there's, like, the bigger region, which would be, like, a Gulf States Toyota. You know, that is several – that's a, a big conglomerate that owns a bunch of Toyota dealerships. But still, they're not right. specifically Toyota. If Deion Sanders wanted to make a deal with Toyota – he wouldn't necessarily need to call up the Colorado Toyota dealership. He would ship all those owners and get that group together. His agent could just call Toyota's agency and say, hey, Dion is interested in this. What can you do? You know, and that changes the game in a way. And th- th- there's not many people who can do that. You know, like Saban could maybe do it and not even him to the level of Dion. Kirby Smart, back-to-back national championships. Like, do you think Ford Trucks wants Kirby Smart to be their <laughs> national spokesperson? Yeah. No, and he's a big deal. But Deion Sanders, I mean, he's already he's been a national spokesperson since he was twenty years old, twenty one years old. I, so, how much of that? Like, like, that's a good point right there. How much of that is his experience in navigating all of the celebrity at that age and everything that comes with it, and being cool and. and like, most people have gotten out of that, but he stayed trendy with it. Like, he's adapted there's, so well through times there's to no where he can who, promote himself on social media and his team like nobody else can and do. And he's been through it, too. Maybe yeah. not to the level of some, but, like, he's had his his problems. Right. So, he's probably done everything. Like, there's nothing that hasn't happened to Dion or happened around Dion. And I knew, like, when he was at Jackson State and he, like, walked in and said, okay, well, we need this and this. You know, oh, I made this deal with this company. They're going to give us suits for all our guys to go mm-hmm. on a plane. Oh, hey, uh, look at uh, Pepsi's doing all our drinks now or whatever. Well, you know, I don't know who it was, but, like, uh, they went from having nothing, you know, like one machine that, like, was at, like, oh, like, oh, you got the lat, you that machine in your building, like. It's got, like, some lukewarm quick yeah, kicks. I, I know the Baylor kids know this because there's probably, like, a, a vending machine in one of their main buildings that seemingly the person before you always gets the last drink in it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of how it was. That's what it looked like at Jackson State was like, oh, well, I know that this guy is going to get his drink, but there's no way I'm getting mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, every like as soon as the, his pops out, all the lights go orange, and then you have to wait for the guy to come back. That's kind of how it was. Dion, in like a you know short amount of time, was like, boom, here's this. And that was at Jackson State. And he was just able to do that by, by saying, hey, Dion Sanders wants this here. So, you know, I... That what he's doing there is is really unbelievable, and I don't think like I don't know if he's going to win one single national title. I have no idea. Very doubtful. I have no idea. I mean, he might. It's hard. Like it's really hard to do. 
There are programs. Look, Oregon this week, with as much cool vibe as there is around Oregon, you would think that they have competed for and won multiple football titles. Well, I think that goes and back to their marketing, it, too. Because it's hard, right? That's my point is it's hard, Yeah, right? So it's hard to do. So, you know, Dion, though, in a time where the game needed to be changed and was is, is going through as much flux as it's ever been, is can be that kind of – it's not even an agent of chaos because everything he's doing is legal. But the guy who's not – he doesn't feel any kind of way about like, oh, well – They didn't allow this when I was in school. Like, that's part of the problem I think a lot of coaches have. Yeah. I think a lot of fans have it. You know, you read the chat room, they're like, well, you know, this guy's doing it the right way. Like, well, the right way, there's no right way anymore. Like, there's nothing. If a guy does it with a bunch of NIL, I'm sorry, that's not illegal. The only difference is is that between his school and your school is his might have more money on hand than yours does. That's it. So, like, you're mad at cash. That's what you're mad at. And look, I spent earlier today mad at cash. We're all constantly mad at cash. It's 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 a hard thing to wrap your head around. But yeah, I just think he's the right guy at the right time. And I think Matt Rule, like coming into this game just on the other side of it, like that's the right guy for Nebraska, in my opinion, or the right kind of coach, and we'll see if it works out. Sometimes it can it's well above the coach what problems they have, but it appears that they are addressing things directly as opposed to just trying to fall back into who they were, which yeah. is what they did a long time. But now he runs up against this in week two, and I don't know if this is going to be a fair assessment of where where they are at at, at this point in the season. Uh, I don't think it will necessarily. I, I feel like they're a team that's still going to win their fair share, but when it comes down to a game like Saturday, the atmosphere and everything, I just I don't trust Sims to get Nebraska the win, especially on the road. Uh, but as far as like what Matt Rule is doing, yeah, I think he's the perfect guy to go in and rebuild and establish what Nebraska has meant to college athletics. And I think it really starts with his and why they one of the main reasons why they hired him was his connection to Texas. I mean, once tech, uh, Nebraska went to the Big Ten, they lost all their recruiting ability in the state. Now he comes in, he's got excellent ties with all the Texas High School Coaches Association, so it's going to be a different type of build, and he's going to be able to navigate the transfer portal as well, but it's going to be two totally different schemes that ultimately probably have the same results for both programs. Yeah, so, yeah, I just think, you know, and I, and I – I know some of the people got confused in the chat room. I'm sorry that you did. Uh, they came in late. I was talking about Dion and how he's here at the right time and he can he can do things that he's he's just got a background that no other football coach really has. No, none whatsoever. And so it, it's just he couldn't have done it seven, eight years ago. He couldn't have done it five years ago almost. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like it, it's, it is so crazy that this all kind of happened at once in college football when we come back we head to miami olin buchanan texags.com he will help us look into the aggies and how much hype to buy into them has bobby petrino fixed everything pro media network 